0: This
1: is The Drive with Josh Graham podcast. Tune into The Drive 3 until 6 p.m. weekdays on the Sports Hub.
2: I love it. It's brilliant.
3: Even when it's fellow fans of my team, I absolutely detest it. When fans blame losses on officiating. There was a lot of that following the Canes Game 1 loss of the Eastern Conference Finals in Boston last night. But let me be completely clear about this. The officials were not good. But they did not steal a win from the Canes. Boston beat Carolina. Not the guys in stripes. One of the third period penalties on Dougie Hamilton were awful. He's trying to avoid a hit. He's bracing for contact, and in doing so, his shoulder went right into the helmet of a Bruins forechecker. That should not be a penalty, especially while that's happening, Andrei Svechnikov is getting interfered with clearly to the point where we thought he was injured at center ice. That was right after the Bruins tied the game, and then no more than 30 or 40 seconds later, Boston's going in front when just moments before they were trailing 2-1, to Going into the third period. Yes, officiating had an impact on the game. It generally does. But if you put yourself in a position for officiating to affect a game, that's not on the refs. That's on you. And it's on Carolina as well. I don't think Carolina was the better team last night. They were better in 5-on-5, five five, but hockey's not completely played in 5-on-5. Five five. That would be like saying, you know what, aside from those two or three times we turned over the football in an NFL game, we were the best team on the field. You can't be turning it over. Carolina, they took penalties, too many of them. They took five. Boston took its fair share of penalties too, but the difference was Tuka Rask was unreal. Tuka Rask, in the second period, stood on his head to keep Boston in the game. Greg McKegg scores to make it 2-1. to one. Then the Hurricanes very well could have went up two or three goals in that period. Sebastian Ajo had a deflection. Brock McGinn had a chance that certainly he wishes he could have had back on a great tic-tac-toe play. But Tuka Rask was better than Peter Morozik, who was also pretty darn good last night. Peter Murazik did his job. Took a Rask went above and beyond to help Boston kill penalties it probably should not have taken. Carolina, when it had penalties, they, they faltered. They didn't respond well to bad breaks, and they allowed two goals. So please save it. If you want to talk officiating today, this is not the show for you. It just isn't. There are three things... In sports that tick me off most. The biggest pet peeves I have with sports. One, cheating. Can't deal with it. Can't stand cheating. I want things to be on an even playing field. Secondly, accusing fans. Or excuse, I guess, fans alleging media bias is something that bothers me. I work in the media. This is my industry. I'm here to tell you, most people who have biases tell you up front. And even then, they could put it aside and be rational. I'm wearing a Carolina Hurricanes polo right now in the law offices of Timothy D. Wellborn Studios. I'm not being the irrational fan who's saying that these calls are the reason why Carolina lost game one of the Eastern Conference Finals. That's not the show we're going to do today. So I could put that aside. But there are fans who can't. Who watch a broadcast, even last night, and they start alleging, oh, NBC clearly wants Boston to win here. Boston's an original six-team. Doc Emmerich's been doing Boston this entire playoffs. They know more about Boston. They talk more about Boston. They don't want Carolina to win. Just projecting the insecurities you have being a small market team, small market fan base on the broadcasters who are trying to do their job. And it's not just Hurricanes fans. It's Tar Heel basketball fans. It's Duke basketball fans. NC State fans certainly aren't absolved of this. Wake Forest, ECU, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. That's something that bothers me. Then there's ref shaming. Just can't deal with it. I just can't stand it. People who honestly believe referees are trying to dictate a result like last night. Ah, the NHL clearly wants Boston to win. Here's back-to-back calls. Can't deal with that. They, they get monitored based on the quality of their calls. That's what gives them future assignments. Blaming referees on losses. Whenever people do that, I look at them the same way. I look at people who have massive conspiracy stories when they talk about the government listening on all of our phone calls or the government being in on 9-11 or, you know, you, you, you hear all these crazy conspiracies. I look at those people with two heads the same way I look at people who are convinced referees are against their team and that referees are the primary reason their team loses every single time that they lose. I felt this way about the Rams-Saints-NFC championship game. It's not about the official's call. It's about how you respond to it. The New Orleans Saints, you can hold multiple truths. It wasn't a good call by the referee in the NFC championship game. It was clearly a miss, but you can also hold the truth that the Saints blew an opportunity to win that game afterwards. They kicked a field goal to go in front. In the final moments of that game, then allowed the Rams to go up the field, tie the game, and force overtime. Then they got the ball in OT, threw a pick, and that's how the Los Angeles Rams had an opportunity and capitalized on it in overtime. Last night, the same way. Two calls went against the Hurricanes. I didn't have an issue with the first penalty on Dougie Hamilton. The second one, I did. The back-to-back penalties, one of them a bad break for you? Okay. You're mad that the Svechnikov call didn't get made? Okay. How are you going to respond to that? Carolina was up 2-1, to one, and the way they responded to it was allowing two power play goals. The penalty kill, which has been good pretty much this entire postseason, all of a sudden wasn't. Everything was on its head last night. It almost felt like an aberration. The Canes power play been awful the entire postseason. Their first power play, down one nothing in the first. Three seconds in, Sebastian Ajo, back of the net. And even after that, they got chances on the power play every single time they had it. When before, they weren't, even, they weren't even getting shots on the power play in the Islanders series. On the PK, they were terrible. So I hope that's an aberration, because special teams very well could decide this series. Your thoughts are welcome on Twitter at SportsUpTriad. 336 1600 Desmond Johnson is taking your phone calls as the producer of this program. Joe Wild did good work for us last night. Let's get to a couple of Joe Wild's play-by-play calls. We're going to get to this early today. Joe Wild, voice of the Dash, broadcast Dash Baseball on this station Thursday nights. So we throw movie uh, movie lines at him that you, the audience, send in to us and we see how the artist is able to use the tools that we give him and paint them into the broadcast, finagling it in between his play-by-play. So let's give me the first call from Joe Weil last night.
1: Castillo has been working so well with Carlos Perez behind home plate tonight. Almost as if he's looking out to home plate, saying slowly, you complete me. 3-2.
3: He had to say it slowly. You
0: complete me. I was listening to some of this last night in the car. Joe's good. He's very good.
3: He really enjoyed himself last night. Give me another.
1: The batter, be Santiago, he made an error. A one. And side count a one and one, and that led to ultimately three runs coming in to score as all the runs unearned. So Nick Madrigal saying, I'm the guy that does his job looking across the field, and his counterpart. You must be the other guy.
3: Who's your favorite character in The Departed? Oh, man.
0: It's been a while since I've watched that movie. Um...
3: It's one of my favorite movies because you have DiCaprio, Wahlberg, Nicholson, Mm -hmm. and Matt Damon, and they all have great roles, and they all crush it. It's rare that you have that kind of cast, have that many great roles to Please, a great cast such as that, and they all deliver tremendous performances. That's why it's one of the best movies. Which character sticks out the most to you?
0: Nicholson's character in particular, uh, Costello. Cause was, yeah, because it was based on uh, Whitey Bulger. Right, Whitey Bulger. So that one kind of stands out. Speaking of Boston, I'm a huge right, I'm a huge Matt Damon fan. So uh, pretty much a fan of whatever he's in that's going to be kind of action paced.
3: Matt Damon, mm-hmm. another Boston guy. Yeah and Wahlberg, too. Yeah. this movie is set in Boston I think is it set in Boston probably there's bagpipes I think it is actually yeah. there's bagpipes yeah. and such I love Wahlberg's character just how condescending he is the entire time how he doesn't trust anybody when Matt Damon is asking how his parents are if you know what I'm talking about mm-hmm. you know what I'm talking about I can't spell no, out the rest no, for you really this next crazy. one's a reach this next one from joe is him trying very hard to work one in we'll figure out together whether or not he nailed it
1: here's the one two bounced in by king cannon it's two and two so it's san diego and you know a famous person from san diego once said you know the only way to bag a classy lady by giving her two tickets to the gun show that type of san diego not santiago just wanted to clarify
3: you know your microphone's on, right? Yeah, I just realized that. Aaron's here. Yeah, and he's man. got a haircut. He did. But then again, good, I man. started thinking to myself, he usually has a hat on of some sorts. Mm-hmm. It does look good. It does. Yeah, he's got, got a nice inter- line up, inter- up there. Inter- yeah, inter- I inter- like that. Inter- Aaron's got a haircut walking into <laughs> our studios today, walking into the control room.
2: I think that's a bit of a Talking stretch from Joe.
3: <laughs> yes, put your headsets on before you talk into the microphone. Thank you. Joe Weil, that that last call there, you could hear him leaking confidence. He was worried whether or not somebody was going to call in saying, Hey, I heard this radio guy talking about the ways to class to, to bag up a classy lady. And I have issues with it. Just listen to him how quickly he tries to deliver the line because he knows he wants to get it in, but also is worried about the repercussions
1: that could come his way as a result. Here's the one-two. Bounced in by King Cannon, it's two and two. So it's San Diego. And, you know, a famous person from San Diego once said, you know, the only way to bag a classy lady by giving her two tickets to the gun show. That type of San Diego. Not Santiago. Just wanted to clarify. He's trying
3: not to laugh. He's trying not to laugh. He held it together, though. Joe Wild, polished broadcaster. Adam Amin's also a polished broadcaster. Going to be broadcasting the Eastern Conference Finals for ESPN Radio. He'll join us in a little over 15 minutes. Does this last one count as a movie line? This last one here.
1: The 0-1 offering. Frost with a towering pop-up foul down the left side of the count now is nothing and two. Well, we've been getting in movie lines all night, but could that count as one? I don't think
0: that counts. Eh. What was that from the the? Those the are the birds PA? from
3: Finding Nemo.
0: Oh, I know, but was that the PA system yes. playing that? What was that for? Like, what was going on?
3: I think they play that when there's a foul ball. So a foul ball's hit Everybody's back. Everybody's trying to catch it. ball. My mine, mine, mine,
0: mine, Yeah, that doesn't count. It's not the same. It's got to come from Joe, his uh, heavenly voice.
3: Had he played by Joe, though? He tried. Yes, he did. <laughs> The drive is brought to you in part by our friends at Pie Guys Pizza and More. Pay them a visit in Clemens. Try the Graham Slam pizza I'm going to this weekend. I'm going to walk in with confidence. Not going to wear a hat in a disguise. I'm going to grab the pizza that has my name on it. Pie Guys Pizza and More. Graham Slam. <laughs> Texas Pete Base. Why? Chicken and bacon on top.
0: Why are you ashamed to order the pizza
3: named after you? I've never understood this. For the same reason... Steve Francis or other people not won't want to be remembered the way Steve Francis is for wearing his own jersey. That's not a good look for him. I don't know if it's the same thing, but I could tell you I felt that way when I did it last time and someone recognized me, even though I was in disguise.
0: It's all confidence, man. You just got to walk, like you said, just walk in there confident.
3: I'm not as confident as you think I am.
0: Oh, I know you're not confident. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, I'm trying to get you to build that confidence to go in there and knock it out, man. Order it with your chest. Yeah.
3: Thank you for that. (laughs) Coming up, an important update on the Boston sports radio host who hung up on a Hurricanes hockey reporter because of his Southern accent earlier this week. This is The Drive. This is The Sports Hub
4: at AM 600, AM 920. Serious talk. Talk,
1: talk, talk. (laughs) And I like it. Now back to The Drive with Josh Graham.
3: Of ESPN now with us. So, we're sending this care package, this special delivery to 98.5, the sports hub in Boston, who hung up on a Hurricanes reporter because he had a Southern accent and they didn't like the fact that somebody with the Southern accent was talking about hockey. I'm a fan of Southern hospitality, so we packed this box full of Southern delicacies that are home to North Carolina. And we're still getting submissions of things we could cram into that box, such as here on Twitter, Copenhagen included in this, maybe even some Sundrop. In addition to all the other things we mentioned, like Krispy Kreme donuts, even though they have Dunkin' up there, I believe that's a big thing. We have Texas Pete Hot Sauce, Bojangles, of course. Somebody who knows his way around Southern cuisine is Adam Amin, in addition to the NBA playoffs, which are almost done with the second round, but still a couple twists and turns, I expect, the next few days. Adam, it's good to have you back on in North Carolina. How are you? Everything's going well, my friend. How are you, Josh? Where we're great. When you think Southern delicacies, you have to enjoy when you visit the Carolinas. What's at the very top of the list?
4: Man, I've always, uh, I've always enjoyed the pit. In uh, Raleigh, that's usually one of my favorite uh, North Carolina spots to go to. Uh, recommended to me a long time ago by uh, the athletic director at Valparaiso University, uh, Mark LaBarbera, who uh, was uh, an NC State guy for a while. So he, uh, that was his favorite spot in uh, in Raleigh. So that's the spot where I usually go to. And if I'm in North Carolina, in like Chapel Hill, I mean, I'm uh, I like going down to Franklin Street. Timeout might be my – was was my favorite place. I don't even know if it's – I, I hope it's still around. Timeout was probably my favorite place. Yeah. Uh, in, it's on Franklin Street. Maybe the best chicken biscuit I've ever had in my entire life. I mean, it's, it's, that, that place is phenomenal.
3: The Milwaukee Bucks are already in the Eastern final, and we have a Game 7 with the Sixers facing the Toronto Raptors. So in your view, who, who do you believe the best team in the Eastern Conference to be?
4: I still think it's Toronto, you know, and, and I look at these, these lineups, these, these three different starting fives, and I just think they're so solid when they're at, at their best, you know, and, and I understand that for a good chunk of this playoff, you know, Milwaukee has not been uh, at full strength. You know, Malcolm Brogdon is back. Uh, we'll see how, how he rests up going forward for the conference finals because they're much better with him than they are without him. But I, th- I think these starting fives are three of the best starting fives in, uh, in the entire NBA. But I, I still feel like the depth and versatility of what Toronto can do. Uh, Giannis is probably the best player between those three teams. But I feel like the versatility of Toronto's lineup, really ever since they got Mark Gasol in February from Memphis and the way he operates in the middle of that offense and, and how everybody kind of cuts harder with him because they know how good of a passer he is, Uh, I feel like they're they're probably the best lineup, the best team to me. Uh, Everybody's got a star. uh, Giannis, Kawhi, Embiid. And what's been great about this Philly-Toronto series, it's basically been Embiid and Kawhi trying to find out who's the best player between the two of them, even though they're not guarding each other. Uh, It's been awesome to watch. So uh, I I think Toronto's got the best lineup. I think Giannis is the best player of those three. And uh, I'll be fascinated to see what goes down this weekend.
3: It's always interesting to me when sports has parallels year to year and last year houston feels felt like it had a major opportunity for them taken away with chris paul becoming uh somebody who couldn't play game six and seven of the western conference finals a year ago so they were up three games to two and of course golden state ended up winning the series now it's kevin durant going down for golden state which leads three games to two against houston from your view should Golden State still be the favorite to close this thing out with without KD in the lineup?
4: I don't think so. You know, I'm, I'm, think, I'm thinking about it. I certainly don't favor them tonight. In fact, I think they're a seven-point underdog. Believe it or not, that's the largest. Uh, that's the that, this is the biggest underdog that Golden State has been under Steve Kerr when Steph Curry has been healthy and available to play. Uh, so I, I'm I'm I, I certainly wouldn't. Be shocked if Houston forces a Game Seven. I think Golden State, if they're down big in this game, at any point, I think you know I'm, I feel like they might just pack it in and say, "All right, let's go back home and let's use the home court advantage and let's see if we can get one uh, without KD at home and, uh, and then and then reset for for the next round." Uh, I'll, I just it's hard for me to lean any other way as we stand right now with Steph Curry not playing and not shooting as well as he has shot in the regular season and maybe having one of the, the the tougher playoffs of his career so far in terms of the three-point shooting.
3: If this is, though, the end of the Kevin Durant era at Golden State, let's say hypothetically Golden State loses the next two games and KD chooses to play somewhere else. Should the last two years we've seen with KD on this team be separated from the two or three years that preceded KD's arrival in Golden State? Should these eras be separate?
4: It depends on the scope that you're looking at it through. Because if you're looking at it through the lens of wanting to be his own guy and to win his own championship, and again, I feel bad saying that because he's been maybe the most important contributor uh, other than Steph Curry to these last two NBA Finals. I, I, I hate... I, I hate dem- feeling like I'm diminishing what he's done, so I, I'm hesitant to try to lump everything in as uh, as not his own title. But I understand this is what the perception is like. He, the the perception and the narrative is Durant hasn't won his own championship yet. You know, he needs to go somewhere and be the guy. And and win a title and New York, obviously, is you know would be a great place for him to do that. And that's certainly one of the narratives that surrounds Kevin Durant right now. I I feel like I feel like it will be looked at separately. I think it will be. Uh, I feel like the the transition from OKC to Golden State had such a strange connotations surrounding it and obviously the narrative behind that is uh has been twisted depending on uh, whether you like Kevin Durant or don't like Kevin Durant. So I feel like it's probably going to per- be perceived as two separate eras, but I I do feel like he's done some phenomenal things for Golden State and he deserves to be credited for them and I think, you know, if they end up losing this series without Durant, that that will affect how people view him. I think people will realize that that he is a really important contributor to if not the most important, probably the most important, he's been the best player in the playoffs, right? I mean, I, I feel like he's been the best player offensively, at least throughout these playoffs. So I feel like they'll probably be perceived a little bit differently. And I'm, I I don't i do not want to diminish what he's done with Golden State or or try to tag that with what he did in Oklahoma
3: City. There's no question he's been the best player these playoffs. I really feel like he's leading, of course, the playoffs in scoring. He's leading Golden State in scoring right now. But this perception you speak of, it's not something that we just all talk about in a vacuum, and he doesn't hear. It's clear that this bothers Kevin Durant, right?
4: I th- I, th- I think that that would be the reason he would leave because this has become a a focus on his off season activity and what is legacy is going to be and how people perceive him and and listen this is the nba this is an ego driven league and oftentimes it's an ego bruising league because one of the benefits of being the nba is being marketed and people seeing your face not being covered up by a by a football helmet not being covered up uh in in really any way like people get to see you they get to see your face they get to see your mannerisms there's an individuality to the NBA that doesn't really exist in a lot of other American sports. So I feel like those criticisms are going to affect people regardless. It seems like maybe they affect Kevin Durant a little bit more. I don't know Kevin all that well personally, so I'm certainly not going to speak for him. I'm just, like I said, just talking about the perception around him. And and what the general consensus is with NBA guys, they they deal with a lot of criticism directly, and some deal with it better not better than others, or some shoo it away like a Russell Westbrook. Some people take it to heart. I think Kevin is one of those guys who's a uh, he's kind of, you know he's a sensitive kind of you know internal individual. So I, I think it will affect him, and I think that's part of the reason that narrative has been shaped the way it has. Where you know he he I think he does take those things to heart. But again, that's just my opinion on the outside looking in without really knowing the guy truly or intimately.
3: Adam Amin with us from ESPN, one of the best on the NBA and pretty much all the other sports you know and love. On Twitter, at Adam Amin, you've broadcasted the Eastern Conference Finals on ESPN Radio the last few years. When's the next time we could hear your voice on a basketball broadcast?
4: Uh, Well, I figured that's why you are calling. We're getting ready to go. I'm sitting in my hotel room (laughs) in Houston right now getting ready for Game 6. So we'll have Game 6 tonight on ESPN Radio, and then we'll have a game on Sunday, whether it's Game 7 of this series, if Houston wins tonight, if Golden State closes this game out tonight, then we'll have Game 7 of that Denver Portland
3: See, series on Sunday. You, you think the reason I want to talk to you is because of Houston Golden State. The real reason I want to talk to you is for advice. You're a pretty, <laughs> you're a pretty smart guy, and Mother's Day is coming up on Sunday, and I, I'm at a loss. I don't know the right approach here. I don't know what gift to get your mom. I don't know if my mom is listening right now. So, uh, what what advice do you have for me here?
4: You know, I'm I'm probably uh, one of the worst people to talk to about this, and not because I don't I don't I don't uh, uh, care about this or I've never been involved in in the gift buying process, but we're, we come from a like we're you know my my family's foreign, so like some of these holidays, and maybe part of this is to to my benefit, like some of these holidays just never really registered. So, like I didn't know what Thanksgiving I think I don't know, I think we've talked about this before josh like I didn't really know what Thanksgiving was until I got older, you know, like I didn't really know, and that's my favorite holiday because of this the the gluttonous food consumption, yep, like I didn't know that these are actual things that you could celebrate, so for a long time, like Mother's Day was something I just learned about in school, and my mom was like, "Oh, this is a thing I didn't realize that so uh i I don't have a lot of pressure on me, so that's why I feel like I'm probably the worst. Uh, person to ask because like if if I hang out with my mom and obviously I won't see her this week because of uh, because of our schedules but uh, if I see her and I and I buy her lunch like that's like a big bonus for the both of us so I, I feel like I'm the worst guy to talk to. About this.
3: Well, tell me something good that you plan to eat in either Houston or Golden State.
4: Oh well, I mean when we if if, if and when we go to uh, San Francisco. Uh, We'll stay in San Francisco, obviously the games are in Oakland, but we often stay in San Francisco. Two of my favorite Italian places in the country are in San Francisco. One's uh, called Tommaso's, and uh, one is called Seven Hills. And if you go to Tommaso's, they might have some of the best lasagna I've ever had in my entire life. So I I highly recommend those two.
3: Tommaso's. Writing that down. All right, well, Adam, have a great call tonight. It's always good to hear your voice and to talk to you here in North Carolina. We'll certainly be knocking on your door, I'm sure, sometime soon.
4: Sounds like a plan, buddy. Thank you.
3: You got it. That's Adam Amin on Twitter at Adam Amin. You can find him on the ESPN radio app, or I guess it's just the ESPN app that you can find the radio broadcast for the NBA game tonight. Golden State, Houston, game six in Houston. Adam joining us from there. Kevin Harlan, who's been calling much of the series for TNT, the NBA on TNT. He will be with us as well on today's show. We've got some show bets that we need to take care of and revisit. Next.
1: I'm not a doer or a thinker. I'm more of a
3: talker.
4: You're on the drive with Josh Graham, the, the Sports, Sports Hub, Hub, at AM 600,
1: AM 920.
3: You I watch your All right, we've got a Twin Peaks man card, also a Pie Guys pizza voucher, and you have the choice of winning either one. It's your option if you want to try the Pie Guys Graham Slam Pizza or visit your ultimate sports lodge in the triad, Haynes Mall Boulevard in Winston-Salem, Twin Peaks. 336-777-1600. But it's not trivia. Dez, I want you to line up three phone callers for me. Give me three. Whoever gives me the best Boston accent wins your choice of a Pie Guys $25 voucher or a Twin Peaks man card. 336 I want the best Boston accent you can give me. Luke DeCock from the News and Observer, who is a colleague with Chip Alexander, who got hung up on by that Boston radio station because he has a Southern accent. He will join us in about 15 minutes. So we're going to do it the other way around. Give me three phone callers with Southern accents. Or maybe not excuse me, not Southern accents. Boston accents, and whoever has the best win will win the voucher. Pretty simple. As you're lining that up, the Carolina Hurricanes, the reason they lost last night, it wasn't because of officiating. it was because Boston had better goaltending, Boston was better in special teams. Those two things were the difference, and I feel like special teams could be the difference in what decides the series. Last night, it it was almost like it was an, an an aberration. Things were just flipped on their head. The Hurricanes' power play, which has been awful throughout the entire postseason, they were great last night. They scored three seconds into their first power play, had great chances from, the, uh, from then on out. But their PK, which generally is great, their penalty kill, stunk. Third period, you're up two goals. You go on the PK. Great A chances right in the slot, leading to Boston taking a 3-2 lead. That's been opposite to what the rest of the playoffs have been. Boston, they have the makeup of a champion. Solid special teams. Tremendous power play. Star forwards at the top of their lineup. Brad Marchand, for as bad as he is as a pest, as somebody who could be a real villain in hockey, He's a tremendous player and a great goal scorer. And Boston had the best player on the ice last night. Terrific goaltending, yet again from Tuka Rask, who's been the best goaltender in the postseason. Here's the good news for Carolina Hurricanes fans, though. Five on five, Carolina was better than Boston. That doesn't mean they deserve to win the game, but when both teams had an equal amount of players on the ice, nobody was on the power play, nobody was on the kill. The Hurricanes, head-to-head, straight up, were better than the Boston Bruins. They were better for longer, just not at the most important moments. And the other positive to take away, the Hurricanes are healthy. Peter Morazic played in this game. He did his job in net. Michael Furland hasn't been in the lineup since game two against Washington. He returned last night. Jordan Martinuk, who was a guest on this show earlier in the week, he returned to the lineup. It actually reminded me a lot of the game one loss to the Capitals, where the Hurricanes, I thought, were better than Washington in the game, better in 5 on 5, but Washington had more power plays, and Washington capitalized on special teams in a way Carolina wasn't able to. So in the Eastern Conference Finals, I feel like that could be the difference maker. Special teams, Boston's power play versus Carolina's kill. Bo- uh, Carolina's power play versus Boston's PK. Let's see how good these Southern accents really are. See, we're we're sending a care package to 98.5 to Sports Hub. It has a bunch of Southern delicacies in them, uh, in that box that we're sending out, including Krispy Kreme donuts, Bojangles, other great items. On top of that, I'm encouraging listeners to call their show with a Southern accent on Monday. That phone number, 617-779-0985. Maybe even halfway during your answer, hang up on them, just because, again, they might hang up on you before you're able to. Southern accents, welcome on that show. Right now, I want to flip it. Boston accents. We have three callers ready to play here. The best Southern accent or the best Boston accent will win either a Twin Peaks man card or a Pie Guys pizza voucher. Let's start with Dallas and Asheboro. Dallas, give me your best Boston accent, Dallas. Dallas, go right ahead.
2: Yeah, we're taking Boston to the harbor and going to cruise in the yacht.
3: <laughs> okay, put him on hold. He got Yod decent there. I, uh, the bar's pretty low right now. I don't know,
0: dog. It's kind of pitchy. Right. Yeah, I don't, I don't
3: Unless know. Unless Alex and Jason completely fall off the planet, there is a chance that their lines go out that neither of them can speak. They, they've they lost their voices in the last few minutes. There's still a chance for you, Dallas. Let's go to Alex in Louisville. <laughs> Alex in Louisville, give me your best Boston accent.
2: Josh,
3: yes, how's it going? Just sitting here in traffic. I'm a blink on, just trying to get home. Hey, appreciate you guys. Keep doing it. Okay.
0: That was pretty well, good. Well, well. Well, that's not the winner. Easy, yeah. easy now. Just me giving up. easy stamp of approval. Thank you,
3: thank you, Alex. Hmm. He he that tried. Was better. To, he tried to. Con- don't 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 be fooled, Des. I think he was complimenting us as a way to mask some of his deficiencies with the accent. It started out good with Josh. Yeah. He he started out strong. Then it kind of petered out from the way there. I will agree. It was better than Dallas. Better than
0: Dallas. Yeah. So far. Dallas has to move out of the uh, showcase showdown. If ring Jason, there. if
3: Jason doesn't <laughs> blow us away here, we might have to go through another Actually, round of these. Dallas just hung up,
0: <laughs> so he knows he knows in his heart what happened. He's, sorry, Dallas. Yeah, sorry, Dallas.
3: Jason and Blue's Creek, you're up. Well, Jason, give me your best Boston accent. All right,
2: let's hope I don't blow this. And but uh, you got two things you can do in the harbor. You go out. You can go get in your car. You can ride over to the bar. You can watch the Pats, the Bruins, the Socks. You got it all, okay? <laughs> that's the way we do it.
3: All right, Jason, stay on hold. I think that's right in line with Alex. So, here's what I want to do. They need like a sound off or something. No, no, right? no. Bostonians are known for how confrontational they are with each other. So, it's going to be Alex pitted against Jason. Alex you have 30 seconds to tell me why you're better than Jason. Alex, tell me why you're better than Jason, who you're going up against for either a Twin Peaks man card or Pie Guys pizza, pizza oh, voucher.
0: We'll set a timer, so.
3: All right, you got 30 seconds, Alex. All
4: right, Josh. Well, let's just start with one thing. First of all,
3: where the fuck is
4: Bulls Creek? I mean, come on. Like, you know, what are we talking about here? And second of all, I mean, I know my sports. The guy, I mean, he's got nothing on me. So, one, two,
3: there you go. All right. Thank you, Alex. Oh, he still had like 15 more seconds With some time to spare there. Jason, you have a real opportunity here. Jason, what do you got to say to Alex?
2: Well, uh, Alex, you don't know anything about Boston. You've never been up to the harbor. You've
3: never been to the Cape. You haven't seen any baseball out there in Yonma, Dennis, (laughs) Hi, Come on, man. Come on. <laughs> I think it's Jason. Uh, what do you want, a Pie Guys pizza voucher or a Twin Peaks man card? Pick one. Pick one. Uh, go ahead, will I'll, uh, I'll take the man card. Uh, take the man card. Yeah, yeah, take the man Pack the card and have it yard with a man card. Hey, Jason, are you from Boston? Yeah, hey, you're, from, you're from Southie? Absolutely not born and raised below the Mason-Dixon line. Gosh, he has a southern accent.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>.
3: <laughs> Thank you, Jason. Well, that went about as poorly as I thought it would. Not None of them really <laughs> knew how to channel all of
0: it. Jason was about... He was, he was top he notch. He was the
1: best of the three.
0: He put the most emotion into it. I think that's what you have to do. You have to kind of put it all out there. He, he said it with his chest.
3: He did. And for that, I, I, I can appreciate that. If you're going to watch the Stanley Cup playoffs or the NBA playoffs, you got Game 5 or make it Game 6 tonight, Rockets and Warriors in Houston, the place to watch all of this, where our guy Jason's going to be hanging out soon. Twin Peaks, Haines Mall Boulevard in Winston-Salem. Pay them a visit. The best scenic views in the market. eats, drinks, scenic views. Twin Peaks, a great sponsor of the program. The News and Observer award-winning columnist Luke DeCock joins us from Boston to talk Canes next. Can we talk here? Can we talk here? Let's talk about this
4: is the Sports Hub at AM 600, AM 920. Now back to The Drive with Josh Graham.
3: The voice of the NBA on TNT, Kevin Harlan, will join us in 30 minutes. The Houston Rockets are facing the Golden State Warriors tonight, and the Rockets are the ones facing elimination. It doesn't feel that way, though, because Kevin Durant got injured in Game 5. Golden State still found a way to win. Everybody seems to be on the Rockets today. Seven-plus point favorites against Golden State. They are at home. There are no more excuses for Houston. Almost identical situation that Golden State faced last year. Except Kevin Durant is more important to this Golden State team than CP3 was to Houston a year ago. Kevin Durant has been the best player in these playoffs. The leading scorer for the Warriors. The leading scorer for any team in the postseason. Winning back-to-back most valuable players. Uh, player awards in the NBA Finals. So KD going down. I feel like it's even more impactful to Golden State than it was Houston a year ago. So Houston's gotten the biggest break possible. Golden State was down three games to two a year ago. And Chris Paul goes down with an injury. They found a way to win the last two games. Now it's Houston's turn to do the same thing. I feel like Houston has a better basketball team, but even right now, I feel like Golden State has more talent. Without KD, I still feel like Golden State has more talent on its roster than Houston does, but I believe Houston's a better basketball team. So I expect Houston to win by double digits tonight. I, they, there hasn't been a team in this series to win by double digits. Every single game has been decided by six or fewer, so I think we're due a game like this I think Houston's going to win it by double digits. Also, we haven't seen the Houston lights-out shooting game. That's what I believe tonight's going to be, too. So give me the Rockets. I think they're going to win by 12 to 15 points tonight, cover the 7.5. And if Houston comes from behind to beat Golden State the last two games, boy, what a cruddy way to go out if you're Kevin Durant. A cruddy way when you're so great for... Golden State for two years, and you don't go out healthy on the floor. You go out injured. You don't get a chance to defend your title because you're hurt. That That's a tough way to go out, but it might be a fitting way to do so because if Houston wins the last two games and Kevin Durant obviously doesn't play, then maybe people will start to appreciate just how valuable KD really is. So, I'm interested in legacy talk. KD, if this is in fact it for him, if Houston wins tonight and wins Sunday too, if we're talking to you Monday and Houston has knocked off the defending champion Golden State Warriors, how are we going to talk about the two years, make it three years, KD has spent with the Warriors? Can we separate that or should we separate that From the previous two or three years, we saw Golden State win 74 and be one of the top teams in the NBA and break three-point shooting records with Klay Thompson and Steph Curry. Do we need to separate the two, or is it all lumped together? What does it mean for Kevin Durant? 336 777 in ten minutes we'll get to the five big stories of the day. Yes, guys.
0: Uh, real quick, I think Golden State's actually gonna steal this game tonight. I just have a weird feeling about it. I think Steph's gonna score 40. We're gonna see MVP Steph, because we haven't had to see him for the past two years. Kevin Durant's been there. Okay. So.
3: Okay, this is what I want to do then. Okay. You've you've been sulking over there the last 30, 40 minutes because you have to pay off a bet that you feel like you don't have to pay off. Fine, we'll put the game on it. That's what we'll do. Because right now I feel guilty. I feel guilty to make you pay off a bet that you don't want to pay off right now. So we'll, we'll put tonight's game on it. You feel like you have a sneaky feeling that Golden State's going to win tonight?
0: Wait, let's be clear here. Like, you are, are you... off the hook. That's it.
3: You're off the hook if Golden State wins tonight.
0: And if Houston, if Houston wins...
3: wins, we're choosing three movies. And guess what? One of them's not going to be Swingers anymore.
0: No, I'm fine the way we are.
3: All right. Well, then you're, you're already going to. Have... Fine. You're going to have to watch Swingers
0: and two other movies. Yeah, that's fine. That's whatever. I'm, I'm done with that i'm
3: fine well we're, we still have to pick out the movies we're yeah gonna you do. do that we're gonna do that adventure. now, now or, if you guys or, don't pick
0: those out before the show is over all that's right, the whole, all, whole right. Story.
3: all right all right we'll pick up by the end of the okay. show are you telling me you're not going to try and rescue yourself here if golden state wins tonight you're out of the bet you feel like you have that you think golden state's gonna win
0: i do think golden state's
3: gonna Then win. back it up you're not losing anything here yeah uh, it's just an out i just so gave up. you an out I gave you an out with your opinion, because right now I feel guilty. I feel guilty because we're make I feel like we're making you do something you don't want to do. So I, I want to put it on something, and this is this is it. I'm giving you a potential out here. All
0: right. So if so, if Golden State wins, we I don't have to. Johnny honor O's text this to be saying
3: the Warriors in the series tonight. Get behind your guy. All right. Let's this is do it. it. I'm, I'm riding all with right. Johnny O. All so, right. Let's go. All right. If Golden State loses, we're we're not going to get soaking Des anymore? No. Okay. Fine. Tonight, this gives people to watch this, this now. Now, now, now we're in on this game. There you go. All now right. it's a
0: party. Now, for the other part of what you're saying about Durant, I think what's going to happen is we're going to look at him the way we look at LeBron. Forget about
3: Kevin Durant all- <laughs> right now. Now we got stakes on tonight's game. <laughs> this, this was a great it's point. It's Golden State. Well, we'll get to your point in a second. But I just want to marinate on this a second. We have stakes now. Woo! I wasn't really gonna pay too much attention to tonight's game. I was gonna watch it passively, maybe do some do some work on the side. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna make some plans. <laughs> I'm making some plans to watch this game what now was, because 830? there's stakes attached to it. It's eight
0: thirty tonight, right? Is it? I don't know. I believe it is. Yeah, I believe it's at 8.30. It's tip. in
3: Houston, so it's not a, a later tip.
0: Yeah, so it's 8.30. It shouldn't be on until 2 in the morning like the other game was last Friday night that I got caught up in, then came in here and did the rundown like five hours later. I am getting
3: crushed by the audience right now on Twitter. I mean, you, you, just, me. you just bestowed a potential,
0: like a huge gift. That was just... Golden State still has to win on the road because in
3: Houston. Dez, Dez is a friend of mine. Des is a friend, and I-, I was feeling guilty, so I'm potentially giving him an out. I do appreciate that you took a minute to kind of gate everything
0: that I'm saying. I'm not just I'm not complaining about it because I don't want to honor the bet. You, that's why. I had a, I, a. Oh no, no, no. Deep I, down, I, I'm just like it doesn't feel. Right. I,
3: I don't. I don't feel guilty about that. I feel guilty because you, 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 you are, you really, are complaining about it.
1: I mean, <laughs> like, I have reason to. <laughs> I was. I, I. I. I was feeling
3: badly because. I was feeling. I was feeling badly for you.
0: See, I think the problem was we waited another month or so before we came back to this. this so I had bit, a whole month this bet only and think works. About it.
3: This bet only works if you do it willingly. <laughs> so yes. now we have stakes here. You have your hope here. If Houston wins tonight, it's not the series. It's tonight. Just tonight, right? If Houston wins tonight, we're going to pick out these movies on Monday.
0: Okay. And if Golden State wins, then I don't have to hear about this anymore. No,
3: it's all over. It's bet. all over.
0: All right, bet. There you go. You want my. Uh, Durant take yeah
3: give me the Durant so
0: I'm I'm, yeah LeBron we look at LeBron kind of in chapters we look at LeBron like his his first stint in Cleveland then his stint in Miami then homecoming Cleveland and now the dumpster fire that's the LA Lakers I think we're going to kind of do the same thing with Durant because if he well when he does leave probably at the end of this year say he does go to the Knicks if he wins one championship in New York it will overtake everything that he did in Golden State like he'll be a savior in New York just getting them to the finals making them relevant again so I, I think that he has to leave in order to to make his legacy on the same platform as LeBron because if LeBron just stayed in Miami we would be thinking the same thing about LeBron oh well you only have two titles because you, you went and teamed up with Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh like you, you can't do it by yourself he went and did one by himself
3: we will talk to Kevin Harlan about this in about 20 minutes he will join us your thoughts, welcome on Twitter at Sports Hub Triad, 336-777-1600. Given the information that you have now, who are you rooting for tonight? <laughs> 336-777-1600. And on Twitter at Sports Hub Triad. You
0: know you know what hurts is when you have to screen phone calls for the uh, the only live sports talk show in the triad, and people are calling to give suggestions on how your Sunday can be more miserable with movies that you should be watching. So I, I have a dilemma of do I put this person through and let him talk about it to but the truck or do I tell him to just get away, get out of here.
3: I don't mean to give you advice to make this better, but I lost a bet just like this. And I had to watch The Wicker Man with Nick Cage. And it was awful. I kinda but
0: remember that. I don't remember I just watching.
3: told myself I'm I'm gonna make a day out of it. I'm I'm gonna get myself a pizza. I'm gonna I'm gonna indulge and get Get certain food that I really like, but that's one. And movie. I'm also going to invite a friend over. No, I had to watch multiple. The oh. Wicker Man was the, was the the highlight of it. I also had to watch The Human Centipede, which was terrible. Yeah, I, I, and I already mentioned The Cobbler with Adam Sandler.
0: I heard that was the worst movie he's made.
3: Pretty bad. I watched all three of those
0: the same sitting. Mm-hmm. You didn't, but enjoy I made a day, it, I made
3: a day out of it. I had friends come over. We're just hanging out. You know, good friends of mine. Uh-huh. So it
0: helped did, me get through it. But did they know what they were coming over for before yes, they came? they did. Got some pretty loyal friends. Uh, Free beer will do that. Oh, there you go.
3: <laughs> hey, I, I had a 12-pack. Will you sit Will you sit with me and watch a movie with me? So, see, sure. you, may,
0: you turn it into something fun. You turn it into something where I bet you, you and your friends got drunk and critiqued the movies that there you already you go. Knew sucked when you went the There you them. go.
3: That's still on the table. See, yeah. you can find th- find ways to make awful good. But go go Golden State tonight. Damn right. All right, Go Golden State for you.
0: I need Chef Curry tonight. Mm. Freezes. We'll see. We'll see. That's what
3: we'll be following tonight. Go Splash bro. I threw my first pitch out last night right down Main Street. I saw oh, you. Yeah. There, saw. there, there are, people, there are people who are criticizing me, saying, ah, Wait. it was a little high and outside, a little high and outside. Bleep off. <laughs> Bolt Bolt was umpiring, and He did the strike sign, and I also did a tiger fist pump. I saw that too. Tiger fist pump. pump. I felt so good about it coming right off my hand, right down Main Street, right down Main Street. That's where it
0: went. I thought it was on our Facebook, but it's not. I know it's on our Twitter. We'll
3: get that up on our yeah.
0: You can go and check that out there. Whoever shot who shot
3: the video? DJ and Heidi shot video. Okay.
0: Yeah, I I know it's on our Twitter account. So if people want to see Josh uh, throwing that fastball yesterday.
3: Some said it was a lollipop. Get out of here. Here's the way it what? happened. <laughs> Just lollypopped it in there. I didn't see that. Lobbed it in there. They had three first pitches, three ceremonial first pitches. There was a, uh, a sheriff and then a kid and then me. So I was the one that was closest to, to first pitch of the game. But here's the thing. Since I was the third of the bunch, I didn't have any time to warm up or throw. I saw the player that was going to be catching. He he goes to TC, he went to TCU. He's a Winston-Salem Dash player. I started throwing back and forth with him for three minutes. I had three minutes to warm up, not on a mound, just throwing back and forth just to get my arm loose. The previous two did not throw from the mound. I was the only one that did. I thought for a second, am I allowed to do this? I asked, yeah, you can get up on the mound. So I went to the very top of the mound, and I threw a strike. Intern Aaron seeing the video for the first time. That's a strike. I mean, it's pretty impressive.
0: Yeah, it looks like looks pretty down the middle to me.
3: I told you what I was going to do, and I did it. I was a little worried about you because when I left
0: here last night after the show was over, and you had, you took off before me to get to the uh, to BB&T Field, I thought it was going to rain. I didn't think you were going to get a chance to do it.
3: It was a nice night. Yeah, it was a nice night. Appreciate the dash for having us. Joe Wilde did some work for us too. I still don't know about this anchorman call. This was the one he was worried about. Darren Vaught, he gave him an anchorman line. And you could tell two things are happening here. Joe's trying to figure out a way to work this in. Connor, I forget his last name, who also works on the Dash broadcast. He, he's talking about something. And Joe sees an opportunity to squeeze in this this anchorman line. And halfway through, you could tell he's leaking confidence because he doesn't know the repercussions for saying the line he's about to say. But also, more importantly, it's a funny line, and you could tell that hits him at the end of this clip.
1: Here's the one-two. Bounced in by King Cannon, it's two and two. So it's San Diego, and you know, a famous person from San Diego once said, you know, the only way to bag a classy lady by giving her two tickets to the gun show. That type of San Diego. Not Santiago. Just wanted to clarify. It's funny how lines age
0: over time, <laughs> and you hear things differently than you might have. when What do you mean out. that
3: line hasn't aged at all? <laughs> he said it so. Ron Burgundy speaking facts that the only way to bag a classy lady is by giving her two tickets to the gun show. <laughs> oh, it didn't see you there.
0: It's like you can almost hear like the indecisiveness in Ugh. Joe, like as he's trying to figure out if he wants. To I'm not. It there.
3: I'm not sure if you. We're listening, but I was over (laughs) 1,000. Joe's a professional. So is Kevin Harlan, and he will be here in 15 minutes. You are listening to WSGS Winston-Salem, WCOG Greensboro, WPCM Burlington, and WMFR. High Point.
4: What are you guys talking about? Talk, talk. You're on the drive with Josh Graham, the The Sports Sports Hub. Hub, at AM 600, AM 920.
3: Tonight is game six of the Western Conference semis between Houston and Golden State. The Rockets trail three games to two against the Warriors, but they are a a seven-and-a-half-point favorite tonight because Kevin Durant, of course, is out of the lineup and is not going to return the rest of the series. Kevin Harlan has been calling most of the series for the NBA on TNT. Last year's National Sportscaster of the Year, with the NSMA here in the triad, now joins the show. But before we get to basketball, Kevin, our intern Aaron has apparently an impression of Marv Albert that he claims is the best Marv Albert impression you will ever hear. Your colleague on the, uh, with the NBA on TNT, would you like to hear it?
2: Sure, absolutely. Go right ahead. Intern Aaron,
3: fire away.
0: Man, just set the stage
3: for that. I'm All ready. Right.
2: LeBron James to the hoop. Yes! How the foul it's pretty good <laughs> that's outstanding <laughs> the end of it's
3: good, and the foul you've got on uh, on point, but the rest of it needs work it's a very limited impression,
2: but Kevin oh it's good, it's good. I wish Marv were here to hear it because you would love it
3: when when you when people walk around when you walk around and you see people in the airport, is it two k football or basketball most people associate you with
2: well. Uh, until I open my mouth, which I really don't, um, they don't. I could be just Joe Schmo walking through the airport, and, and that's fine with me. And if I'm, at a, uh, if I'm in a restaurant or if I'm in a, if I'm talking to somebody on the plane, uh, a flight attendant or whatever, and, and I say something, sometimes people will say things, and probably right now because they've seen so much NBA and so many playoff games, but uh you know just it's it happens every once in a while, but not that much, which is great, and when they do, it's always flattering and nice, but uh you know i don't I don't go out and start talking up a storm i I think people around me would say i, I try to keep it pretty low key and more comfortable that way and um and I just go about my own business.
3: We mentioned that Kevin Durant isn't going to be in the lineup for Golden State with us knowing he's not going to return. Should Houston be able to win two in
2: a row, you think? Well, I mean, this team, even before they had Kevin Durant, uh, they were in the NBA Finals and they were terrific. So it's going to be interesting to see how they navigate this. It's going to be a change because uh, since game two in the first round for the Warriors when they were playing the Clippers, uh, Durant has been doing the heavy lifting, he's been scoring the most. He's had the ball in his hands the most. Uh, they've, they've kind of tilted the offense to him with more isolation, which is really not Golden State's calling card. But with him gone, they're going to have to get back to what they were, which is more of a motion-passing, um, you know, kind of free enterprise-type system where anybody can shoot if they've got that good shot, that advantageous shot with emphasis certainly put on their great backcourt. Um and I'll be anxious to see uh how they will, you know, deal with the, the, the lack of height that, that Durant brought them. He was so unique in that he was a seven footer who could guard and defend uh either guard position and right through the center. Well, they really don't have that now and while Draymond Green certainly have an effect on that and size that Durant posed on both ends of the floor. So there's an adjustment period there. I don't think it'll take too long. And I really think now Houston probably faces more stress than Golden State does because Houston is just, oh, well, Durant's gone. Well, sure, now you're going to win it. And, and, and if they don't win it and they lose this series, I think now you begin to question if, this Houston team and the way they operate with so much James Harden and so much, you know, individual basketball, if this is a winning formula or if they're going to have to rebuild it a certain way so that they can contend with the better teams in the West, because I think they're right now at, at, at that very interesting intersection of seeing if this is the way they can win a championship. And if they don't, I think they may have to go back uh, to a degree to the drawing board.
3: Here's what I'm interested in, Kevin. The the saying for the Warriors, their mantra has been, for the last four or five years, strengthen numbers. And what we're seeing now with the losses of DeMarcus Cousins and with Kevin Durant out of the lineup too, this bench is pretty thin right now because last year, even though these aren't the marquee names, these are guys who contributed – pretty significant moments at points for Golden State. JaVale McGee and Patrick McCall and uh, somebody like Zaza Pachulia even has been impactful in recent years. That team that won before Kevin Durant got there had Harrison Barnes on it, of course, and when you look at the way Houston plays, it's hard to keep some of the bigs on the floor. How concerned are you or interested are you to see how Golden State's going to hold up in the fourth quarter considering – what they've been branded as, strength in numbers, those numbers round by round withering down.
2: Yeah, Josh, it's a very good point. Their bench has been very shallow. They've not been able to really use it um, the way they have in the past. David West was also a great contributor prior to Durant. They crossed, of course, one year, but he's he's no longer there. So this is a team that you know put most of their weight in the free agent market, into DeMarcus Cousins, signing him. A lot of their money went there, and they didn't have a lot to pay Patrick McCaw and others who were on the team and incredibly helpful on that bench. So they've had to kind of live with what their starters gave them. In the series, in the playoffs, they've gone heavy minutes, very heavy minutes. Durant, in fact, was averaging 45 minutes a game. So I don't know that they've lost a lot of size. No Durant, no Cousins. I mean, those are two big dudes and they're, they are really, they're going to really have to figure out and reinvent themselves a little bit, figure out where some of that size could perhaps come from. I'm guessing maybe Jordan Bell is going to mm-hmm. see some time. They're going to have to go to Bell, who's a second year player out of Oregon, the Pac 12 defensive player of the year, just for some rim protection, if nothing else. But there's, like I said, going to be a lot more stress on those two guards, and and I think they welcome it. You know, they're the best shooting backcourt we've ever seen in pro basketball, and, and I don't think they'll disappoint. I think they're going to actually relish the the, the challenge of, of being in that position and and being counted on so heavily. I think when you've got someone like Durant that, that enters the arena for you, uh, it's not that you exhale, but you know that at the end of the day, you've got one of the top three players, with the ball in his hands in the league, and um, uh, now they've got extra attention put on them, and I think I think they're going to answer it. Uh, but I, I could I have no feel for how this series goes from here. I think it's incredibly fascinating, and we'll see how resourceful the, the Warriors can be without Durant, and uh, who has been such a force in in the way they've operated and the way they've scored.
3: The voice for the NBA on TNT, Kevin Harlan, with us here on the drive. You are listening to the Sports Hub. I couldn't help but think if Kevin Durant walking off the floor a couple nights ago was the last time we'd see Kevin Durant in a Warriors uniform if Houston's able to win back-to-back games. No matter how this ends for Kevin Durant, how should these— well, let's just say hypothetically it does end in this round. Should we separate these last three years we've seen with Golden State and Kevin Durant from the previous two or three years Golden State had the three years that preceded it? or do you view it all as one era of golden state basketball
2: well i think it's one era um they've gone to four straight finals durant's been a part of two of them durant was a finals mvp in the last two mm-hmm. and they've had one of the best records in the western conference they've uh they've certainly proven you know exactly what they are there are no teams that are exactly alike um from year to year especially a championship team except for the core, and the core with this team has been Green and Clay Thompson and uh, Steph Curry. Um, You have people that will come and go along the way, and Durant certainly has been a major, major factor in why they've won two straight, but I think that in the minds of Warrior fans and people that follow that team, it will always be Steph Curry's team, to a lesser degree, Clay Thompson's team, and Draymond Green's. And that Durant was part of it, but not the basis of it, but certainly in that first line in the conversation about why they were able to string finals experience and and appearance with finals experience and appearance. And, and I, I believe that they'll go hand in hand. But I think you talk to people out there making no mistake about it, this will always be Steph Curry's team he'll be the most identifiable with this dynastic run of the um, of the Warriors.
3: Kevin Harlan with us here on the drive. We've had a lot of fun this week. The, Hur- the Carolina Hurricanes hockey team facing the Boston Bruins in the Eastern Conference Finals. There's a radio station in Boston called the Sports Hub up there, and we are the Sports Hub as well. So we've been mailing out Southern delicacies their way earlier today. We put in a box some Bojangles. We put some... Uh, we put some sweet tea in there. We threw a biscuit in there. We have Texas Pete in there. We've been loading a box up with Southern goods and cuisine. When you're in this area, you're in the Carolinas, what's the thing you have to get from a food perspective?
2: Well, I would say barbecue, <laughs> but but I'm from Kansas City, yeah. and Kansas City considers themselves the barbecue capital of the world. So Be careful, Kevin. Um, but but it's different kind of barbecue in the Carolinas than it is in Kansas City, and so to be quite honest, I'll go for the barbecue when I'm down there, mm-hmm. and it's it's prepared differently and has more of a vinegary taste, which I like, and um, I I think it's a great comparison for someone who's kind of grown up on barbecue to see what others have. You know, Memphis I think is in that same conversation, state of Texas, which they think they're great and everything, but. They they've barbecue in there as well, um, but I I would take Carolina barbecue and Kansas City barbecue over any others. So I, I guess I'm down there. And I, I love that. I, uh, I I love I love the barbecue down in down in, in that part of the world, and always enjoy when I make a visit down there. I don't make it often enough actually, and and I, I hope I continue to get great assignments down there because. It's always so much fun to visit that part of the world. Oh,
3: there's one more thing I wanted to ask you about because you, you of course, cover college basketball, too. And last time you were with us, we were talking about Zion Williamson. J, Jay Billis is going to be with us on Monday ahead of Tuesday's NBA Draft Lottery. The new lottery odds make it so there's three teams that have the same odds at the top of, uh, the, top of the draft. The Knicks, the Suns, and the Cavaliers have 14% chance shots and then you have the Bulls with a 12% chance and the Hawks with a 10% chance. Out of those teams with the best odds, those five, where would you like to see Zion Williamson land?
2: Well, I think... um, I guess I guess I, I don't care where he goes. I do think where he goes and who he's drafted by will dictate perhaps a free agent signing or two to join him. I mean, I think the NBA... Think so highly of his skills and his immediate impact that if a superstar free agent is available and can sign with whatever team gets the chance to draft him, that automatically that team now becomes uh, you know seen in a different light, whether it's the Knicks or whoever. And so uh, I could I could easily see one of these big name free agents. Joining forces and going with a younger player, knowing that A, we're going to probably win. B, I'm going to have my fingerprints on who could be a, a, a transcendent talent and and get a chance to to mentor him a little bit. I think Williamson falls in that category. I think he's smart enough to know that that i could join the team that drafts him um, would uh, would would be very beneficial to his quicker development in the NBA. So. Um, I I don't really care where he goes. I guess I guess there's always that saying that you know the league is as healthy as the Knicks and the Lakers just because <laughs> those are the two big markets and and I, I think people are so tired of of kicking around the Knicks that it would be fun if they would get a Patrick Ewing type presence out of the draft on that team that could possibly bring them back to some better winning. I just think the league, as I would say for the for the National Football League as well is better when the Jets or the Giants is stronger, I should say, is stronger when the Jets or Giants are in, are in contention. And I, I feel that way for the NBA, too.
3: Kevin, thank you so much for squeezing in time for us. And um, when, when's the next time we're going to hear your voice on the air?
2: Uh, Do Game 7 up in Toronto on Sunday night, uh, Philadelphia 76ers and the Toronto Raptors.
3: We look forward to hearing that. Thank you so much again, and we'll chat sometime soon.
2: Great Josh. Always appreciate appreciate your friendship and have me on. We'll talk soon. Thank you.
3: Yep, you got it. That's Kevin Harlan, voice of the NBA on T N T.